Hello, all things Montessori community. I hope everyone's having a great day so far. Before we get into today's episode, just a few little announcements. I just want to give a big thank you to our entire community, all of your messages, likes, your support, everything. Oh, thank you so much. This podcast would not be possible without you. So I just completely appreciate everything. I really do. We have a few new patrons to welcome to our amazing patron community. Welcome, Nicole, Megan, and Maria. Thank you so much for coming on as patrons to All Things Montessori. We could not do it without you. And if you're interested in becoming a patron of All Things Montessori, you can head on over to patreon.com. You can search All Things Montessori, and then you can select a donation that you would like to make. It doesn't matter which one you choose. It doesn't even matter if you even if you don't become a patron member. It, it doesn't matter. We just... We wanted to have an option so we could give something back to the community. So go ahead and check that out. And this episode, of course, is brought to you by Sapling Supply. You can head on over to their website, which is linked below. It's an amazing Montessori furniture company, and we highly recommend and support them. You can get 10% off your entire purchase on anything in the store if you use our promo code ATM10. Again, that's 10% off anything with promo code ATM10. This week's episode is all about singing in the classroom, the importance of the beauty, the experience, how to get started and all of that. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this very special episode all about singing. Hello everyone in our community. How's everybody doing? Rachel here. I have been really excited that the seasons are changing and have just been really revisiting a lot of my Montessori theory just because I I sometimes, while the change of a season brings inspiration, I still feel sometimes that like when I step away from the theory and then I dive back in, it's like a whole fresh wave of inspiration just completely washes over me. And I just, I just love it. So I want to talk today about something that is very close to my heart. It's something that was close to my heart as a child, as a student, and then as a teacher. And that is singing. Now, my own story of how I grew up, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but I am a product of two musicians. My parents are, oh my goodness, they're so talented. It kind of makes me sick, but um, they both have their doctorate in music. My mom has her doctorate in classical performance, piano performance, and my dad has his doctorate in music education. My mom is a classical pianist and my dad is a jazz pianist. So same instrument, but very different style of music. So I I grew up even before I was born music was everywhere like my mom has stories that you know I would I loved listening to Mozart when I was in her belly and I just think about my mom being pregnant and her playing piano and me being inside her belly it's just so amazing and there are videos of my mom and I singing together when I'm like 3 so it just has always been of the utmost importance to me and you know, growing up through elementary school, I always loved the music teachers we had. And I was also in, I took piano lessons when I started, I started at age five and then I joined a choir when I was like 
seven, I think. And I found that I loved the music classes that they had in my elementary school, but I found that I was in the minority of the kids who really loved it. I think children that I was in classes with sort of saw it as, you know, silly or not something to take seriously, but I loved it so much. And I felt like I couldn't show my true love and appreciation for it because, you know, as an eight-year-old, you know, you still, you're trying to be cool to, right? Like socialization is everything to you. And yeah, it was a really interesting experience. And And I'm so grateful that throughout middle school, I was in band, I was in jazz band, and then high school was in choir. And I always continued my community choirs and piano lessons. I was glad that I had those other outlets because the experience that I got in public school was just wasn't anyone's fault. It was just limited. I wanted more. And then, you know, when I when I started to work with children, I just, you know, you do you do what you know, right? Like as a 19 year old, I'm nannying. It's like, well, I guess I'll just sing to this baby and see what happens. And naturally, babies and most children love music. And I even equate the beauty of being sung a song is very similar to have someone read you something aloud. It's an intimate, personal, and beautiful thing that it's just, it creates this beautiful bond and it's such a special experience. And I really loved that when I was working with kids. I loved it. Um, and I continued to do that as I, as I worked with children. And then when I found Montessori, <laughs> turning point in my life to say the least, I absolutely was blown away that there was an entire album dedicated to music. This was unlike anything that I'd seen before. I mean, I had thought about, you know, getting my music education degree, wanting to teach music. But again, I would reflect on my younger self and those experiences that I had in elementary school of limiting, you know, the typical you learn about Bach, Beethoven and Mozart. You play the recorder and that's basically it. You know, I know there was a lot more, but it it seemed so limited. and, And I just couldn't believe that the music curriculum had a lot of music theory in it. I mean, music theory is sort of like learning another language. And I was fascinated that we went that far into it with elementary students. But then, you know, when I got into the classroom, first year teacher, super nervous, what do I turn to? Music. Because I didn't have to prepare that much. Just like another teacher or any of you, you might have a really keen interest in biology or math, or you might be an English major or what have you. Like we gravitate towards the things that we know first because it's a little scary. Like for me, for example, rocks and tubes just scared the bejesus out of me because math is not my strong point. But I worked at it and now I love math. I feel a lot better at it. But as a first year teacher, you know, you're trying to build the community and I'm going to gravitate towards what I love, which is music. And I found that I was still nervous to do it. But once I started, I didn't really stop and it just got deeper and the kids absolutely loved it. And what I found through the music curriculum and the music experience that I had with children, a It's therapeutic, it's beautiful, it's emotional, and it's a beautiful bond. And those are some of my favorite memories. 
So I want to talk about one aspect of music today. I want to make this a series because there's lots of components I want to talk about with music. But I just want to talk about singing today. Singing. I think singing is one of the most vulnerable parts of our being. One's voice is unique. One's voice is truly theirs. And when you put that out into the world, it's like you've written a book and you're passing it along to an editor and they're going to tear it apart. You know, whether you like to sing or you just kind of like to sing or you sing to the radio or sing in the shower, it's an expression of yourself being audibly thrown out into the world. But children don't think about it that way. That was one thing that I just, I really caught on to right away. Like, oh, these kids are just singing because they think it's fun. They're just singing because they love this song. You know, as we, as we age, we just, I feel like we get all these issues <laughs> and all these problems, but a child, a child hasn't gotten there yet. So what better time to show them that singing is accessible to everyone? And it is. So let's talk about a little bit about the mechanics of singing. So it doesn't matter if you can sing or not. It really doesn't. Children, if they have an apt for singing and if they have an ear, they will learn how to sing. Nothing that you do will ruin their vocal cords or anything like that. So I just don't want anybody to feel like they don't want to sing because of that. Because children are just going to see you smiling and singing a silly song or a fun song or a beautiful one. And they're going to want to really latch on to that. Now, one thing a lot of my friends in the classroom have done, because um, I've talked to them a lot and helped them with singing, is they'll have a recording and they'll play the recording, but then continue to teach the song as they would like. But the children can have the recording if they want to sing it like the recording is. Doesn't matter. Kids don't care. So selecting a song is one of the most fun and also challenging things. So. I really went through um, all the songs I learned in training. That was where I started. And it depends on the age of your classroom. So younger children, you can never go wrong with animal songs. Literally anything involving an animal, a story, and maybe a shorter song. Younger children love that. Now, as they age, they can do a little bit more complex lyrics. They can handle um, a little bit more of a challenging melody. But at the end of the day, a song is a song and children are going to sing what they are picking up. So one thing that I, I realized is take your time when you're teaching a song. So children, especially, listen, they're learning this song orally. You're passing it back by literally word of mouth. So just do a few words at a time maybe a phrase at a time, maybe a word at a time. It totally depends. So for example, if you have the song Baby Beluga by Rafi, which I highly recommend, that's a really good one for younger children and for like six-year-olds. Maybe just pick the first Baby Beluga and then they'll latch onto it. And then you just practice that line a little bit. And then maybe you go to the next line, but don't overwhelm them because we all know how weird it feels to not know the lyrics and everybody else is singing and you're like, oh, what? So take your time. 
Hand motions are great here. One hand motion that I did, I and I'll post this on Instagram because I know hand motions are not great for audio and podcasts. But when I was singing, I would have my hands pointing to myself. And then when I wanted everyone to sing, I would extend my hands open and my arms open and invite them to sing with me. And this might just take a little bit, you know, use that grace and courtesy. Show them when my hands are like this, I am singing. And then when I want to invite you to join me, this is what it will look like. It just will take them a few a few tries and then they'll get it. So start with what you learned in training. Then I highly encourage you to think about your favorite songs. You can go top 40, but just remember that not all of those songs are appropriate. I really went to like oldies, like the Beatles. Here comes the sun. Perfect. There are lots of beautiful like country bluegrass songs um, that just are super repetitive because they're tried and true and amazing, but they're easy to learn. So that can really help the children too. And then just go from there and you'll be able to see which songs they like the most. Like one of my favorite songs is Dona Nobis Pachem. We learned it in my training. And my children in my class just never really got into it. I tried every year, multiple times, no one cared. And that's fine. It was totally fine. I just had to let it go. I had to let it go and whatever. But yeah, you'll you'll see what they latch on to. So once you've selected your song, think about when you want to sing it. Transitions are a great time to introduce a song. Also near the end of the day or perhaps in the beginning of the day. Something like that to sort of get everybody together. Singing is meditative and peaceful as well. So perhaps if there's sort of like a, a raucous day, perhaps you get everybody together and sing a song anything like that. I used to love singing outside too, um, especially when I was just feeling a little nervous. Um, outside just kind of takes takes the pressure off a little bit, makes it a beautiful experience. So let's talk about how children are going to latch onto singing and then what to do with it. So a lot of children that I've had in the past, and I've heard other teachers talk about this as well, is they just want to sing all the time. And we have to remember that singing is a work. Singing is meaningful work. And that took me a little bit of time to wrap my head around. And even as a singer, I'm a singer, <laughs> I had to think, hmm, okay, yeah, I guess the three of you can go sing in the corner. Okay. It, it kind of threw me for a loop because I wasn't expecting it. But then I thought, oh my gosh, they love singing. That's awesome. And then I, I, I totally didn't become an issue anymore. I find that sometimes with teaching, the issue is always coming from us <laughs> and it's things we have to let go and sort of be flexible around. So definitely remember that singing is a work, but just like music listening or honestly, any other group work that is happening in the classroom, they need to be reminded and be mindful that they are not the only ones in the classroom. And they need to keep their singing to an acceptable volume. That's something super important to remember. So singing is a work. And then what's wonderful is that the children can go even further. As you're teaching singing, you can, you know, probably begin to introduce the tone bars, a little bit of music theory. And quickly children are going to want to look at the piece of music that they're singing or that they really like. Like, oh, I really want to see... Don Gato, I want to see the notes. How is it played? Or they're going to want to learn to play it on the tone bars. I've had children write their own songs. You can encourage them to 
change the lyrics to some of the songs they already know. And this can also completely move all around the classroom into every single subject area. Cosmic education and singing are a perfect match. They can sing historical songs. They can make up a song about what they are researching that day. They can make up a grammar box song. You can also, I really encourage the schoolhouse rock songs. We used to sing the adjective songs. It's called Unpack Your Adjectives. Um, it's so fun. School of rock forever, man. It's so great. But um, that's a great way too because, I mean, these children love the song, but they were singing about adjectives, right? So right there, we have a lesson and a song all together. It's just, it's fantastic. So this can really go into a lot of different areas of the classroom and just encourage that. As we always do, we always, we always are encouraging, right? Oh, that's such a great idea. Why don't you tell me more about that? You could write a song about that. I wonder if there are any songs about that thing you're researching. There are so many possibilities with singing in the classroom. So many. And it's funny because it starts from a really simplistic place. It starts from a place of gathering a group of children and being vulnerable with them, sharing your voice with them and then letting them take over that and letting them run with that and really make it their own. And beautiful things will happen with singing in the classroom. Absolutely beautiful things. And if you have a group or your whole group is really interested in singing, they can go, they can learn about harmony. They can learn about rounds. Rounds are really fun. Singing in unison and singing at the same time while that's difficult, once children get it, they're going to get it. But then once you introduce the concept of singing different notes at different times or singing at different times entirely, it's very challenging and what a beautiful thing to introduce. So yeah, singing is magic. I absolutely love it. I'll be sharing some of my favorite songs that I love to sing with children throughout this week. And um, if you have any questions, please reach out to me at allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. And thank you so much to everyone for listening, for being a part of our community. And I hope that you're going to share your beautiful voices with the children in your classroom. And if you have any videos or photos, of course, I would love to see them. Thanks, everybody.